welcome to a fabulous morning episode of Downtime Podcast, where both of us are very much awake right now. My name's Elisa, and Jeremy, how are you hey. doing? Who is very much awake and alive and did not just wake up 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm around here. This is totally not my morning voice. This is what I normally sound like. Do I sound different, Elisa? Like maybe a little a bit. Little, right? A little, not as perk <laughs> as it normally is. Your voice is definitely has a tint, like slightly more bass. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something I can't help. It's just, you know, it's just part of waking up and and doing a podcast, right? Yeah. It's just like, hey, <laughs> you set your alarm and you wake up. You're like, wow, I have to go do a podcast in 30 minutes. With all of waking up, as you go through this podcast, your voice might even change as you become more awake, more caffeinated. I don't even know if you have coffee or tea right now. No, so. no nothing. All I right. Nothing. Well, I, you know what? Here we go. I mean, it's, it's, it's my, this is my character arc. This is the beginning of my character arc yes. in this podcast. Yes. This is going to be a great episode, folks. The morning episode. This is the morning show. Absolutely. that my four free COVID tests are coming in today. Uh, uh, so for those that are residing in the U.S. and for those that are outside of the U.S. that don't know what I'm talking about, um, you are able to sign up for four free government-approved um, slash government-funded COVID at-home tests, which uh, I signed up for like the day they announced or like the day before they um uh, uh, said that they would be live. For some reason, they the the USPS website to fill out the form was already live before the day it was supposed to be live. I think it was just a way for them to test it, but it worked, and my tests are coming in today. I'm looking forward to it because you know I th I feel like at home tests are getting more accurate over time, and um, you know it may it may not be 100% accurate right now, but I feel like if COVID's gonna stick around for another year or two. I think that tests are going to improve and the need to go to a hospital to get an accurate test might um, not be the like the most convenient thing to do. Because I definitely like a couple weeks ago, I definitely took a, uh, a test at the hospital and it was cool, you know, to be able to go to the hospital and be like, OK, I this is a medical institution that can confirm um, or deny if I have covid. That's great, but it's also just nicer to do an at-home test and be like, okay, I definitely don't have COVID, you know? Yes. I got the four take-home tests less than five days after I put in the order on USPS. Oh, nice. And That's awesome. I don't know how that happened. Could it, it might be the fact I live near a post office. I was not expecting those tests to come in for another three weeks or so and they came very early and i was shocked it might have been just the luck of the draw too could have been i might have seen because... that link immediately signed up and they were like oh yeah. the first one hundred thousand people who signed up i guess we can send it right now i don't know we'll see <laughs> they're like she got a ps5 like she she gets she can get these tests too seriously <laughs> <laughs> she, this is my this is my ongoing internet luck of signing up for things jeremy yeah exactly what am i gonna exactly. sign up for next you know i would say the lottery but you can't sign up for the lottery on the internet obviously um maybe you should go like go to ebay and like bid on something and see if you win all right yakuza <laughs> memorabilia there... 
I'll, I was just going to say like something like like the Yakuza business cards that were uh, Japan only released. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I I still kind of want those. There's like They're a cool. I think there's like a I think there's like a Majima business card holder, which is like a little metal case to store your business cards. Like that would not be a bad thing to have, you know. I didn't even that's... know they came with the actual business card holder. I think it, yeah, I think it's like the business cards and the holder itself. Um, God, that's so cool. I did a Google search, and the metal card holders also have the tattoo of each character. So the tiger and... Um, not the tiger. The dragon and just, like, the demon. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see that now, too. That's um, cool. Also, yeah, I, I, I was mistaken. It's not a Japan-only release. It was released in the U.S., and I want that. <laughs> It looks so cool. All right. <laughs> Pressing my luck, signing up for things on the internet. Why not? I mean, it wouldn't hurt to try, right? Doesn't hurt to try. <laughs> um, but yeah, so other than that, just chilling. Um, this weekend is gonna be kind of uh kind of chill for me. Gonna work out later today and uh yeah, try try to cook something. You know what? I I got some flaming hot Cheeto uh like mac and cheese have you heard of that no but that sounds good it okay is there something about the flavor that is very flaming hot cheetos or it's a regular mac and cheese and they crumbled cheetos on top of it uh i have the box here um it's it says cheetos mac and cheese flaming hot and it looks similar to the chips uh to the chips bag and it's the sauce is flaming hot like it's not crumbled cheetos like it is actually flaming hot sauce like not not the cheetos themselves okay it's interesting i don't know I how i feel I, I as a mac and cheese connoisseur i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> Me neither. Because I'm does, just gonna drink to you. Uh -huh. To you, does flaming hot Cheetos actually taste like anything aside from just Cheetos that are spicy? <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, so I, I am a fan of flaming hot Cheetos, and um, I wouldn't consider myself a veteran. But are you're not I a Cheetos connoisseur? <laughs> no, I mean I love Cheetos. I love all Cheetos. I think they're great. Um, but flaming hot, it just like after a while, there really isn't a flavor because you just taste spicy. Like in the first yeah. initial, like Cheeto that you have from flaming hot bag, like it tastes like oh okay, you can taste the spiciness. You can kind of you can kind of taste the cheesiness, I guess, but not really. Um, and then after a while, it just doesn't taste like anything. Um, but with the this mac and cheese, I don't know. I I honestly don't have high hopes for it. <laughs> Um, it was a dollar, so I bought four boxes. <laughs> when are you gonna <laughs> make it? To you bought wait you, four boxes? It's not they're not that big. It's like you know a craft mac and cheese box. Okay. Like it's that big, yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm probably gonna make it tomorrow because uh, prior to this podcast recording, I was explaining to Elisa that um, I ate a wing covered in the last dab that I cooked, and the last dab is a hot sauce from the show called Hot Ones that's hosted by Sean Evans on YouTube where they eat spicy wings and he like interviews celebrities and the wings get hotter and hotter as the interview goes on. Uh, and the last sauce is called the last dab. I bought all of the sauces from the last season uh, just to like do the hot ones challenge on stream on Twitch uh, with my brother. When we did that, we survived. And so in the show, they, they basically cover a raw wing with sauce and then cook it and that's what i did last night and oh my god like my stomach hurt all night last night and i was like dude this sucks <laughs> but times. it was 
it was good. It was I like the thing about the last stab is that on the show and in general, if you do the the challenge and you eat the wings, you, you know the hotter it gets, it's like eating a hot a flaming hot Cheeto bag. Like you're not really gonna taste anything anymore. It's just gonna all taste hot. So if you eat the last stab straight up without having eaten all the previous sauces, you get all the flavor. And there is flavor in the last stab. I will say some of the sauces that they do on the show from personal experience, they don't have any flavor. It just tastes hot. It just it's just like, ah, oh, this is just poison for my body. That's a tricky but the thing last with dab, spicy actually, food. Yeah, yeah. But the last dab, it has flavor. It's got a very robust smell and it's got a really good taste. And I, I don't know. I like it a lot. So, you know, I, I'm i going to make it on Sunday. I'm making it tomorrow, basically, because I don't want to hurt myself more today. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to work out and not have to... You know, worry about anything. If you don't like it, Jeremy, you can sell the other three boxes on eBay. Oh, that's true. Yeah, someone will buy it. I mean, I didn't think this would be available in Safeway because I knew they were only selling it at Walmart. And I was like, why Walmart? And now they're at Safeway. And that's kind of weird, but also cool. I know. Similar to how Oreos comes up with very interesting flavors every season. Like yeah, they're trying to be cake. like Kit Kats. Yeah. Uh, but how are you doing? How's everything? Not too bad, Jeremy. Um, I am more awake than he than you are right now, and that's because yeah. I went on a morning run, and it was a good exercise. Had a good workout, and now I'm just hanging out. I'm tell I told Jeremy earlier that later today I am going to purchase a Millie crepe from a ba- nearby bakery, and a Millie crepe is a cake that is made with a bunch of layers of crepe. And this, I've never tried it before, and this is going to be a good time, I hope. I mean, a crepe, like, I can only imagine what a crepe tastes like, that it's going to taste exactly like that, except whatever flavor you decide to choose for it, whether it's matcha or, you know, Nutella, hazelnut, or vanilla, whatever you choose. But I, I don't anticipate this tasting bad. I was thinking today we can start the podcast with news because something broke yesterday from Rockstar and Take-Two Interactive that they made an official announcement that they are working on Grand Theft Auto 6. So I have a lot of questions, um, but I think the biggest one is like, how will GTA Online factor into this? Because as those who are aware of GTA online it is the biggest grand theft auto property to come out of rockstar um in that the it's made so much money over the last like what it's almost been 10 years right or no no is my math almost almost 10 years because it came out at the time of grand theft auto 5 which is 2013 yeah it's almost 9 years Oh my god, it's a nine oh my god, that's insane. And if you think about it, at, yeah. At this point, Grand Theft Auto Online functions separately from any of their single player games. In the yeah. in the press announcement from Rockstar, um, for example, they were talking about the games coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox series, and during the press release they say GTA Online and gta 5 so it's like they separate the two they've already they they've made two distinctions and that's it 
So in my mind, when Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, we're going to view that as a separate entity of a single-player game, and then when they attach GTA Online to it, that's going to be, like, the next upgrade, I suppose, with the game. But my guess is that if they've separated the two things, if you, like, someone who has GTA 5 Online can probably play with someone... Oh, actually, no, no, sorry. That that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense. I apologize. What I mean what I mean to say is GTA Online at this point has like separate maps where it's like if no matter what you can kind of play on different things. And obviously, GTA Six is going to come out in a different city, a different environment. But it would not surprise me if there's some sort of cross play that they figure out of just like, oh, you don't have GTA Six yet. But, like, you can still, like, play, like, different maps if you pay money for it separately or something like that. That's going to be interesting because the engine that GTA 5 was built on and GTA Online um, is really old. And, you know, I guess they updated it for Red Dead Redemption 2. I believe it is the same engine. But it begs it begs the question, like, for GTA it's 6. It's Rockstar's they... own engine, correct? Right. Yeah, I believe so. Like for, I wonder if for GTA Six they took that same engine and just tweaked it like a little bit or a lot to to service their needs, and also maybe maybe the engine usage was also influenced by GTA Online. Like I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, right. Like it just seems like it's it's heading in that direction. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them to consider gta online first since that is their biggest money maker and continues to be which still astounds me like there are little kids who grew up playing gta online it's and coming out on playstation 5 and xbox series yeah it's basically the skyrim of rockstar yeah it is and it doesn't surprise me but it also i'm just like Man, so many so many people around the world are so familiar with this fake version of Los Angeles. I'm sure when they actually go to Los <laughs> Angeles, they're like, "Hey, I know where this is. This is the this is from GTA 5." It's like, you know, this is from real life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Los Santos. Yeah, this is nothing like the game. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, um, this is my theory because with the press release, it was more them announcing that it they're working on it so for example like one of the quotes from the release is we're pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the grand theft auto series is well underway now when to to me because we because there's always been rumors and speculation that grand theft auto 6 was in progress it's just that they never announced it and my guess this is my guess jeremy I think uh-huh. that Grand Theft Auto 6 had always been in development, but it was in development of just the script. You know, they didn't have a concept yet. They didn't have a, they were still trying to figure out a city. You know, they were just just kind of like the pre-planning and the pre-production of it. That's what they were working on, so that's why they'd never announced it yet. And then in that time of Red Dead Redemption 2 and the last 4 years, my assumption is they were um, they were updating and just working on their engine for Grand Theft Auto 6 as well. And so now they are saying that this is an active development. And what my guess is, is active development means they've now started the art and the actual game development 
of Grand Theft Auto 6, which is going to take at least like four or five years. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I, I would put money on that. We're going to see this game probably come out in four to five years. I'm a, I would be shocked if it came out in three years, but um, I just think that they are like they basically they're working on it for the next four ish five ish years means that there's going to be another four or five years of Grand Theft Auto online. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So it's like I mean, it's 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 still it's still running technology's changing so at some point the engine has to change or just be updated to some degree i i would also want to say that i think there'll be a way for them to transfer everything from the old stuff to the new stuff yeah like they i'm sure there's all they, they would want their customers to keep coming back you know the old customers they wouldn't want any everyone to start from scratch like I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me i yes. mean the only reason i would see that being true is if they were like well we're gonna give you all a bunch of money for your your past your past exploits for the new game. Like whatever, however many assets and whatever you own gets you know equated to this amount of dollars for all the new stuff. I don't know. Like they could just give give everyone like a flat rate for being uh, an old member, and mm-hmm. just everyone has to start from scratch just so that they can have an even playing field. But there's just way too many people that invested like hundreds of millions of actual. Or uh, sorry, of in-game money, which is you know maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of actual dollars in the game. So you know, I don't know. Maybe they're just that cruel. Maybe <laughs> they're gonna make. Maybe I don't know. I just feel like they, there should be a way for them to give people an option to be able to transfer whatever from GTA Online to this new version. Yes, I think that by the time Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, you will be able to play GTA Online without it, without needing a copy of 5 or 6. That's my guess. Yeah, agreed. So, Rockstar has that moving along for them. And then you had another set of news, not from Rockstar, but from Take-Two Interactive. Yeah, so this happened um, earlier in January. I don't... We probably didn't cover it because we were both busy and we kind of did our podcast later and uh, I was away when this happened. I literally like the day that this news story broke, I was on a plane and it's that take two acquired <laughs> Zanga for $12.7 billion. Now Zanga is the online game website and publisher that um, is known for Farmville. That, that Facebook game that everybody, uh, played i can't believe they're ago. worth I, almost two billion dollars it's 12 they're worth 12. oh sorry 12 7. i can't believe they're yeah. i can't believe they're worth 12 billion dollars it's kind of crazy when you think about it because the next story we talk about is <laughs> a little more like it's <laughs> significantly less and you're like okay but like why and i'm still wondering that too maybe we'll talk maybe we'll get into it um but like yeah so take two who owns rockstar bought zanga and yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're trying to do with this, and other than they're just just you know be in the mobile gaming market, um, maybe the, uh, compete with Tencent in terms of mobile games that are used on Facebook or your phone. And then Tencent's like, "Oh, that's cute, Take Two. We're gonna buy you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh no." Um, uh, some of um, 
some of the Zynga games that they're known for, aside from Farmville, are Empires and Puzzles, Merge Dragons, and Harry Potter Puzzles and Spells. They're all mobile games, but like Elisa said, this is their way of breaking into the bigger mobile game market. If they're not going to do it themselves, they're going to find somebody that already does it and exactly. buy them. So they don't got to do the work. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not a big mobile game person. I don't really follow Zynga as a company, but everyone knows the name. If you know Farmville, you know Zynga. If you know Zynga, you probably know Farmville. And um, this is just interesting to see because there's a lot of companies throwing around billions of dollars to acquire other companies. Yes. Um. But yeah, that this also ties into the other story, which is that Sony bought Bungie for three point six billion, significantly less than what Take Two paid for Zynga, but still a lot of money. Uh, obviously, billions are nothing to be playing around with. I know, but, Alisa. What are your What are your thoughts? Okay, so I have to credit, um, IGN's podcast Beyond for this, which is hosted by Jonathan Dornbush, and it's because I was listening to it while I was working, and they were covering the news of what this all meant and what this type of move means, because at this point, their most popular IP is Destiny, but not, but just kind of like, what does it mean that Destiny is like worth $3 billion? And now that they explained it, it made sense for me what this move meant. <laughs> but... Mm. Sony buying Bungie is not necessarily a move to get Destiny, which Destiny has been on record to say that their games will continue being on all platforms. Sony's interest in buying Bungie is to get their R&D department and to get their um, infrastructure that has multiplayer games and has this set up so that they can potentially produce their own IP in the future but this move is mostly to acquire the the p the company that knows how to do this type of stuff versus their focusing on destiny i think yeah they're definitely buying into bungie and the the creative and think tank team and so hopefully they're, ho they're i'm sure sony is hoping that bungie is going to come out with some other stuff aside from destiny in the future right because they did say that Bungie's going to remain independent and it will remain a multi-platform developer yes. and publisher. So that's interesting. They they're just they bought it and then are just leaving it alone. I think it's just like a show of force to be like, yo, Microsoft, we bought your X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> like Microsoft owned Bungie before and now Sony's like, we now we own them. It's I like, know. Okay. It, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't even know that they were owned by Microsoft before, or I forgot that they were owned by Microsoft. I think that the move, the move with Sony, also to allow Destiny to continue going off to different platforms, um, is the point that Sony is buying companies to stronghold Microsoft to make sure that their new purchases aren't becoming microsoft only games and yeah, i especially sense. when you buy pre-existing ip so i wouldn't be surprised if so and also you know um jim ryan uh who's the sony c uh, uh sony playstation ceo he he said that they're going to continue acquiring studios so this is not over this is pro. Uh, this realistically is probably gonna be the biggest 
um gaming news this whole like this month of Bungie and micro um activision blizzard this is probably gonna this might be the peak of this year it wouldn't surprise me if they're the future purchases of these two companies are kind of like smaller companies at this point the reason i say that is be is because um ea and this is weirdly enough i was looking at ea's earnings from like a stock perspective of not necessarily for a gaming perspective of huh should i look in should i look into buying ea stocks and their earnings were you know they were fine they didn't make a a lot of money off of battlefield uh their most recent one but their earnings are okay and it, it their release kind of implied like oh yeah we're totally fine not being bought type of situation and i feel like take two interactive from what we were talking about earlier of just acquiring companies themselves i now i'm kind of like oh i i don't think these two companies even care to be bought i think these two companies are probably gonna try to just be their own thing so i i think that so i think that sony probably is gonna acquire a japanese company next to your point just because I think a lot of now that this is happening, I think a lot of companies are wary of it. Yeah, I think everyone is thinking about it. Maybe Sony already put in some bids or That's, they're yeah. discussing it. Um, I have a feeling, and this is coming from our last podcast where we talked about this. I think that Sony's going to buy Square Enix. I feel like yeah, it just it seems makes sense. Right. It, yeah, the long time history with Final Fantasy, all the properties that sony and square shared in the past i mean it just it just seems like the right fit but you know maybe they'll throw us for a loop maybe they'll get capcom or bandai namco or uh konami i don't know but like i don't know for me it just seems like square i always thought square was owned by sony but no never been the case and maybe that will change yes and to um sony's advantage even if Square Enix didn't want to be bought, they definitely didn't want to be bought by Sony. They definitely don't want to be bought by Microsoft because the leg up that a lot of these companies like Sega and um, Square Enix and a lot of ju- uh, Japanese companies have at this point is um, they they might not want to be bought by Microsoft anymore as an American company that just made a statement that they bought Activision Blizzard. And now they're kind of like, oh, yeah, definitely don't want this anymore. Or, yeah, so. exactly. They don't want to continue the monopoly, which makes sense. Yes, you know, like it's fine. Which is for the best. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's huge news. After just after Microsoft coming out of buying Activision Blizzard for sixty-eight point whatever billion dollars, like that's it's insane how much the video game industry is changing in the first couple months of twenty twenty-two, and yeah. these effects are only going to ripple throughout the rest of the year and beyond and it's going to be exciting to see this as a gamer but also very frightening as a gamer because there's a lot of changes happening where there's going to be exclusives and um uh uh you know maybe monetary changes like uh, uh, who knows right like we don't know what it's going to look like what it's going to be we can only hope for the best and we gotta just vote with our wallets yes agreed Cool. You know, right. at some point, I uh, just go real quick about the whole Zynga yeah. con- conversation. I thought that Facebook at this point would have bought Zynga, but 
it turns out they didn't. But also, Zing, um, Facebook is definitely going downhill. I don't know if anyone wants to be bought by them at this point. So probably a they good They have the money, though. Yeah, they, I will say that. They had the money. And on top of that, Farmville was, was an exclusive Facebook game for quite some time. So I am just surprised that they never purchased Zynga before. Or, or maybe they haven't. They separate. I don't know. But I yeah. But but Facebook has been going downhill these days. So that's probably a good move to never be bought by them. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> you know I'm pretty sure a lot of people may have said no to Facebook. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not in the I'm not in the know about that. Dis- despite living in the Bay Area where Facebook is housed. Excuse me, Meta. Oh, Meta's house. <laughs> we don't really follow Ugh. too many, too much gaming tech news. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't want to be owned by that lizard person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm playing the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. I'm on chapter four of the game. Um,. And things are getting interesting because my main character, Yunosuke, is in London, and which is, is the nice. whole point of the game. And now the trials are happening in London. What I will say is Chapter 3's trial was probably the most boring one and like the least exciting one. And it's because Chapter 3's trial... because. You know, in a Phoenix Wright game, you have to do cross-examination. You have to, um, and just like you have to present evidence when something's off with a person's um, speech and, you know, testimony, all of these different things. But then with chapter three, I felt like the whole time it wasn't necessarily me making active moves to present evidence that would uh, counter an argument. It was seriously just me reading the text of of everyone's different arguments. And, like, I only did, like, the cross-examination, like, four times total in, in like, the entire of Chapter 4. I fe- In Chapter 3, I felt like. Hmm. Like, it wasn't, it, like, compared to Chapter 2 and Chapter 1, where I felt like I had to present evidence, like, every single time. And which, by the way, was exciting. Chapter 3 was much more mellow, and it was just much more me reading words. And... It was fine, but it did have the most exciting ending of all of the trials so far. So it's one of those things where gameplay wasn't so great, but it was definitely the most interesting story. And because um, it was about a suspect who who was accused of killing um, one of the victims and the victim was indebted to him because the suspect was a loan shark. So that whole story was interesting. It's just like, I wish I played it out versus I read it majority of the time. Remind me again, this isn't your first um, Ace Attorney game, right? It's not. Okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know how many I've played in the past. I I've played all the mainline ones except for this one. For sure. Yeah, and I I love the series. Um and there are moments in previous games where I did feel the same way that you felt now where it's just like yeah, this is just kind of boring, you know? But like, yeah, it's just like, cause, it, yeah. you're not engaging me to think, oh, God, he said something wrong. What what evidence do I need to cross-counter this with? It was just very much reading text. Versus, yeah. uh, versus uh, like, a game like Danganronpa, which is uh, very similar to Phoenix Wright, 
except more stylized, but I feel like I'm actively playing Danganronpa like the whole entire time in terms of having to figure out what is correct, what is what was said wrong, like who's suspicious. So um, I'm hoping that chapter four is a much more interesting story because the suspect's actually Japanese. So um, mm, it's a Jap- yeah. it's like a Jap- it's like a Japanese person living in London and Ryunosuke is representing him. So I think that hopefully that story is going to be more interesting. Also, I'm suspecting that I there will be more active um, playing by chapter four and chapter five because currently in chapter four, uh, um, Herlock Sholmes is back, and uh-huh. Herlock Sholmes like his care his purpose is to ruin the investigation. Like, like in a not in a bad way, but in a Herlock Sholmes is really dumb, and I have to correct him all the time. <laughs> Damn you, discount Sherlock Holmes! Damn you, discount. So, I think that th- it's going to be fine. Um, I think chapter four will be a good chapter, and then after that, yeah. I, there's only five chapters, so I'm almost done with the game. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about it. Yes. Um, I do plan to play it at some point, maybe in the far future. It's not really something on on my radar right now, but I'm excited that you're playing it so I can hear about it. Yes. <laughs> it's, it... I'll probably forget about it, and then when I play it, I'll be like, oh, wow, I'm so surprised. I know. <laughs> Chapter two, I think in terms of the play, was probably my favorite one in terms of me actively engaging in um, cross-examination. So um, hoping that Chapter four is also like that. And okay. then, yeah. And then the last game I played we was Pokemon Legends Arceus, and ah. okay. So for context, I haven't played a Pokemon game of any kind since Ruby and Sapphire, which came with the Game Boy Advance, if I remember correctly. And yeah, Arceus feels very okay. Jeremy, have you? What's the last mm-hmm. Pokemon game that you've played? If you've ever played Pokemon, <laughs> oh, I've played a lot. Of, but oh my god, the last one I actually played was um, Sapphire on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, so we, so we, we like that was the last main game that both of us have played. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, this is <laughs> Arceus is very different and fresh. That I don't know. If it's so different because Arceus is a different type of game, or I don't know if it's so different because I'm so old and I skipped the last four iterations of Pokemon games and I have no idea what's happening anymore. (laughs) Okay. Because it's like the gameplay is so... Okay, so that being said, the gameplay of Arceus is different. It is a very different game because... um, Okay, the point of Arceus is that your character is from the Sinnoh region, which is Diamond and Pearl. And All right. they time travel. It's not explained yet. I don't know why I'm here. They time travel to prehistoric Pokemon times, prehistoric Sinnoh times, where it wasn't called Sinnoh, it was called Hisui. So I'm, so like, basically it's like, I'm playing in old school Sinnoh times in the Hisui region. And... Hmm. I'm and okay. the reason I'm here is to build the poke the make the very first Pokedex and build it because as a time traveler I have this Pokedex and I have my phone and everyone in that time period is like what the hell is this this is interesting and then and so I the the point of Pokemon 
Legends Arceus is you are building a Pokedex in ancient times. And I say the word ancient. It's not ancient, but that's how it feels to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so, like, in terms of, like, building the Pokedex, it's interesting because it's like, okay, let's use Psyduck for, for an example. So I capture a Psyduck. Now, mm-hmm. in the Pokedex, there's a bunch of tasks listed where if you want to complete Psyduck's full Pokedex, you have to com- you have to complete. So, for example, it's like, if you want to complete all of the tasks for money and to build up your level, it's like, not only it's like, do you just capture the Psyduck, uh, Psyduck, it's like, capture the Psyduck eight times, capture the Psyduck during the daytime, watch a Psyduck do water gun. Like, uh, why watch defeat a Psyduck with psychic power, you know, like things like that. So it's like there's a whole task list under each Pokemon. Oh, evolve a Psyduck, and then you complete the tasks, and then that's how you complete the Pokedex. So it's like this game. It, this is one of those games where I feel like if you really want, like, I, for example, I highly doubt that this the mainline story is gonna make you catch every single pokemon that exists and complete the pokedex it's like i feel like the i feel like this task system is if you wanted to spend 60 hours playing pokemon legends arceus oh yeah well so which i don't know if i want to do the one thing i the one thing i feel like i'm missing here is um is like gym battles but the to my point i don't think this is that type of game where there's gym battles because i am in ancient sino hisui times so it's like i like i don't think i'm even going to be battling that much aside from battling pokemon and capturing them but it it's fine um and i'm at the i'm at this point in the game where i have um i've there's this mystical word ear which is like a like a like a deer Pokemon and I've inherited it and I can ride it now through the region. So it's like, I can I don't have to walk everywhere. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think this, I think that this game is fun so far. Like I, I think it's, I think it's cool how different it is just because you are in Hisui and you have to craft all of your, potions and pokeballs it's just it's just different but i feel like it's it's different in a in a fun way it feels like i'm playing the legend of of zelda breath of the wild or something except breath of the wild was much more refined than this game (laughs) Mm -hmm. in terms of um in terms of just like it's not as glitchy as rcs rcs can be pretty glitchy like npcs will disappear and those NPCs are, oh. are like people that you're doing quests for. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a Nintendo game. That then they're usually pretty good about not doing things like that. Yeah, like some like it's weird that sometimes I finish a quest, I go back to the place, and that NPC's not there anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh. how am I supposed to knock this out? Oh, and there's this one UI thing that really pisses me off. And it's the map. So when you open up the map in the bottom right corner, it gives you the list of quests that you're doing currently and their locations. It only lists one quest at a time. So I can have five quests open, but it only lists one at one. So 
That's annoying. Yeah, so it's actually very. I'm very much annoyed by that. I, I'm just. And the thing is, is there's enough real estate to list all of my quests. Come on, Nintendo. So, yeah, that's annoying. Um, but I'm, I'm getting through it, and it's uh, it's a good game. Um, I captured. Uh, not captured the pokemon i chose at the beginning is oshawott which i've never heard of in my entire life until i played this game (laughs) and i've already involved uh, not involved i evolved it into a duot and it's cute um it's a water otter pokemon and it's cute i like it that's adorable yes it's very adorable also uh, also i don't know what the um uh, metric was for choosing the starters of Arceus because I have this I have this Oshawott which I don't know which region or gen this even is I'm sorry Pokemon fans but the thing is is like the fire starter was a Cyndaquil and a Cyndaquil is um is gen is Johto region so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just Pokemon like Johto. yeah Pokemon Johto I'm like how where where did this even come from which Cyndaquil's cute but I'm like how did they even choose these ones? I don't even know what the grass <laughs> one was, Jeremy, and that's because I never choose grass types like ever in my entire life. I honestly same. I'm I only go for the water types. Yeah, no, same I here. I only choose the water type. There is only yep. one time that I chose the grass type, and it was Turtwig, and it's because it's a turtle. Otherwise, okay, always choose the water type. I in fact I can't even tell you like what majority of the other starters <laughs> are. So <laughs> yeah, I remember. I think I remember most of the starters I had for every game up until Sapphire. Yeah, they were all water. So yeah, I mean I don't know. It just because like I, I the reason I ch- always chose water is because when my when my parents bought us Game Boys, my brother and I Game Boys, they gave my brother fire re- or not fire red. They gave my brother red and I got blue. Oh, which is Blastoise. And I was like, okay, blue like water and blue like Blastoise. And I want to choose Squirtle because I like Squirtle. And ever since then, it was all just uphill from there. It's all just uphill choosing from all there. the water types. Yeah. So, okay, this is this is crazy. Okay, sorry. The last Pokemon that I played was Diamond and Pearl. And oh. th- this is how this is how much I don't remember. The reason because Turtwig was from the Diamond and Pearl region, which is Sinnoh. Okay. Which is Hisui oh. and Arceus. Also, right. the Sapphire, um the Sapphire water Pokemon is Mudkip, and Mudkip's amazing, so So cute. Yeah, Mudkip's the best. So yeah. I love Mudkip. I correct myself. Diamond and Pearl is the last Pokemon game that I played. Okay, but I don't. I, mean, I don't remember a lot yeah. about it anymore. It's it's been a long time since I've played these games. There's been a lot of Pokemon games. There's been too, a lot. So there's an X and Y. E- there's a Black and yeah. White. There's like a Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the most recent one that came out last year? Uh, is it like, um, I don't know. It's it's, it's the one that was set in like an England type setting. Is it that sword and shield? Remember. There you go. It's sword and shield. There we shield. go. Yeah, sword and shield. Yeah, and I'm just like, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to keep. There's up a with. lot, and I I wouldn't put it past um you if your memories got muddied because there's just so many. I mean, you know, for the diehard Pokemon fans, this is an amazing time to be a Pokemon fan. I mean, it's always been an amazing time to be a Pokemon fan because Pokemon has been so relevant for like 20 plus years, right? But you know, for for us who don't play every entry, we're just we're all confused and like, what's going on? Aren't there like seven hundred and something Pokemon, eight hundred, nine hundred Pokemon now? And it's not really like 
making fun of it. It's more of just like, wow, there's just so many since the original 150, 151. Yeah. And they're going to keep going, yeah. Jeremy. It's never going to end. There's going to be endless Pokemon. No. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, it, it is the one of the most popular franchises in the entire world, right? Yeah. So um, if, if it keeps Nintendo and the Pokemon company alive, yeah, please keep making and buying Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean... Pikachu is forever. Pikachu is forever. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm excited to hear more about this time travel, ancient history Pokemon journey that you're going through. I know. It's going to be interesting. I don't even think it's that ancient. I'm just exaggerating. But I'm just I'm I'm just so fascinated by the fact that there's time travel in a Pokemon game yeah, because I don't know how it travel... happened. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the only thing that i can think of when it comes to time travel in pokemon is celebi because that is the like time travel pokemon that like can take actually take you back in time so yes, maybe celebi correct. had something to do with it or maybe there's some professor that made a time machine but like time travel hasn't really been something that's been explored in pokemon except for that one movie that i remember pokemon forever pokemon the movie they basically the fourth movie with celebi and he takes ash back in time yeah um and I'm just like, all right, cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just so fascinated by that. Time travel is always like one of my favorite like subject matters when it comes to fictional writing. And so that combined with Pokemon is just, it seems kind of weird, but it also just makes sense in, in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, I'd like to know more when you have uh, an update, Alisa. Yes, I will. I'll have an update. Also, real quick Celebi story. I remember during the Crystal Days where... Um, that because Celebi is Johto region. I remember, yeah. I, I was looking up all of these random websites on how to capture a Celebi, which I think two Pokemon like the uh, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and uh, Crystal. You could only capture a Celebi if you had the Japanese copy of the game. So it wasn't possible. Whoa. It wasn't possible to get one if you had an international copy but i just remember way back going on all these websites and trying to look at all of these um guides on how to do some weird glitch game shark cheat shit to get a celebi <laughs> and it never worked and i was so disappointed and it i had to come to terms that it wasn't available in the united states wow so that that was like your Pokemon Grail. Like that's the one that you always wanted. It's the one I always wanted. It was cool. I yeah. wanted because I had Ho Oh, had Lugia, and I I wanted that one too, and I couldn't get it. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Did you ever get one in your Pokemon travels? No, I didn't. It's okay. Uh. It's not okay, but it's okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I I also really wanted one, couldn't get one, and um, I. Like before I started um, my job where I met you, actually, Elisa, um, I w there's like this like comic book slash, I guess, like comic book slash figure slash anime slash like it's like one of those like stores you go into. They have like Pokemon cards, but they also have like figures and they have like toys and like collector stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, in the city. And I went into there and they had like a little Celebi figure. And I was like, well. This is the one that I probably could never catch, and so I bought it just as a reminder <laughs> to be like, "This is the one you can't catch." And I and I, I always had it on my desk, but then I took it away for a little bit because uh, I didn't want it to break. <laughs> for the yeah. memories, for the memories. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, cool. Um, but yes, that's all I'm playing. What have you been playing? So before I talk about stuff that I've been playing, um, I I bought two games from the recent Lunar New Year sale on Steam. The first one is Resident Evil Village because I am a Resident Evil fan. I'm not the biggest Resident Evil fan, but I've always wanted to play Village since it came out because it is a similar vibe and aesthetic to Resident Evil 4, which is one of my favorite um, RE titles of all time. Um, you continue your journey as Ethan Winters from Resident Evil Biohazard, a.k.a. Resident Evil 7. Village is basically 8, so yeah, um, I don't know the story. I just know that it takes place in like Eastern Europe in, with like castles and stuff, so that's going to be cool. Okay. Um, I also got Dying Light 2. Ooh. This has been a, a hot game that everyone's been talking about since yesterday and the day before. Yeah. It got released early for uh, the Techland. The, the developer sent keys out to some people early, and so they're playing it. I did mention before that um, I beat the first one recently. And something that's really cool about the first game is that the developers supported it for like five years after it came out. And they are still supporting it, I believe. They're still releasing a little bit of content for it every now and then. Um, so I bought the most expensive version of Dying Light 2 because I know that in the long run, it'll basically pay for itself in that there's going to be a bunch of content. I'll be able to play this game for the next five plus years. Um, until the Dying Light 3 comes out. Um, Dying Light is basically a franchise where you kill zombies and there's like a bunch of parkour mechanics. Um, the first game is very much dated. It came out in 2015 and so when you play it, you can kind of feel that. The second one, I've been like, you know, lurking some people playing it on Twitch, um, but not for too long because I want to experience all of it for myself. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So far. Um, yeah, I'm going to be playing it on Monday. So... I'll have a, a better review and um, a better way to talk about it uh, next time we have a podcast. Um, and uh, the other game that I finished recently is Far Cry 6. I finished that on Wednesday, the Ooh. main story. Yeah. How did you um, like everything by the end of it? It's, it's very dark, I have to say. And, and that goes without saying because of the nature of the game and its themes and the characters yeah, it's there's just a very very like emotional, dark, twisted story underneath all of this. Very like human driven, of course. Okay. And um yeah, I I actually liked it. Uh I haven't finished Far Cry 5, so I can't really give an opinion on um what I think about the ending of that game, but I did play 1, 2, 3 and 4. Um and over time, I mean all of those games in general have just been like pretty, in my opinion, like okay as far as the story goes. Um, I know the devs are like tying everything together now, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I won't say too much about that because um, there's a lot going on in Far Cry 6 that you kind of don't think about everything. And then all I have to say is stay for the credits. Stay after huh. the credits. They, they do always. some Marvel shit. Yeah, they're, they're pulling a Marvel there. Uh I liked it. I recommend it. It's very repetitive, though, as are all of the Far Cry games. So if you're if you're used to five, if you're used to four, if you're used to any far, if you're used to any Far Cry game that came after one, because one was very linear, uh, but two onwards are pretty much open world. Um, you know, you you know what you're getting into. You know what Far Cry is. You know what the name and brand represent. 
Um, and I think that every title just gets bigger and bigger with Far Cry 6 having Giancarlo Esposito as the main antagonist was huge. Um, he he had a lot of fun with this character, for sure. Hmm. Uh, I really liked his acting. Um, uh, he was just fantastic. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I played the game for him because I knew he was going to be a great antagonist. And he delivered. It was great. It's fantastic. Um, I recommend it. If you have a chance, Elisa, check it out. All right. Um, yeah. I, and then aside, yeah. I haven't, um, I've never played Far Cry before, but I've like way back, I've watched my cousin play the first two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of familiar. Yeah. It's, I, I remember one of the reasons he really got into Far Cry was because that was like graphically, that was one of like the best games that you could have yeah. in that time. It, cause it was like, it was a very groundbreaking game, especially with computer graphics. And so yeah. that's how that's how he got into it and that's how I watched him play it but it's been it's definitely been a while since I've like watched any um any sort of gameplay on Far Cry. So maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, let me know what you think. Yeah. When you have a chance. Um So other than, other than that, I've uh, been playing Valorant, which has been fun and um trying to finish lost judgment i i couldn't play it last week because i was out of town mm-hmm. but gonna try to play it tomorrow and um yeah that's about it cool all right we do not have any questions today yes let's see yep we don't have any questions today all right Thanks, everyone, for listening to another fine episode of Downtime Podcast. If you want to send us a question, there's multiple ways you can do that. You can go to uh, www.downtime.live. You can send us a question on the form there. You can contact us through email, contact at downtime.live. You can join our Discord, which you can find on the website or in the show notes of listening to the audio of this podcast, as well as anywhere we have the podcast in video, such as uh, YouTube. It, that's also in the show notes there. Um, let's see. It, we are on Spotify. We are on Podbean. We are on Stitcher. We are everywhere that they have podcasts. And if you want to leave a review on the podcast through Apple Podcasts, you can do so. And we'll read it on the podcast if we see it. Um, am I missing yes. anything, Jeremy? Uh, no, that's that's it. You, all right. You got it all. Cool. Yeah. And just as a reminder for everyone that, um, as we talked about in the last two episodes, we are doing a rebranding, so we will change the name of this podcast. Nothing else is changing, but the links, the website, a lot of things will be changing, but we will be sure that on all of our downtime website stuff that we are linking and rerouting everyone to the new content so don't worry when we have the name change we're still gonna make sure that like everyone knows where we're at so yes but yeah there's no timeline for that um you'll you'll see it when it happens let's put it that way you'll see it when it happens all right jeremy i hope you And all the viewers, have a very good day. Yeah, have a good one, folks. Talk to you guys later. Peace.